Well, thank you all very much, and I'm particularly grateful for the session before me because it really prepared the ground for the discussion about UGTT and laid some all of the uh, uh, questions and problems. Uh, and it also raised appetized, I think, uh, many of younger researchers to sort of go in that direction. So, um, as you all remember, that early in the revolution, um, I was personally struck by two narratives of the Tunisian revolution, the so-called spontaneity thesis and the so-called jasmine one. Uh, the second soon faded away, while the first proved to be a little bit more resilient. So the title of our conference engages with this thesis, and I think uh, critically, and it has done already. So I attempt, I attempt elsewhere to foreground the event uh, that is the revolution, and began to argue for something I called in some articles a Tunisian configuration of protest. In my view, the labor movement, particularly UGTT, cannot be ignored in any serious analysis of this configuration, and indeed in understanding Tunisia as a whole, at least since the 1940s. Today, I wanted to present a sketch of this thinking and research with, uh, with an accent on the intersection between culture and unions, or what in Arabic we'd call al-thaqafi wal-naqabi. The period to cover is very long, but I think we restrict, if we restrict ourselves to observing moments of gestation and moments of danger in the history of the labor organization in Tunisia, we will get a sense of what is involved. So I will take two seminal examples of the first, that is of the moments of uh, gestation, and one example of the second, and in between, so I won't be outdone by my colleagues uh, before me, I'll show you some pictures. <laughs> now, the years for the first uh, moment are roughly the 1920s and early 30s. In the areas of reform, culture, and labor movement, three names come to mind. Tahr al-Haddad, Muhammad Ali al-Hami, and Abu al-Qasim al-Shabi. Now, radical reform was theorized by Haddad. Action on the ground was led by al-Hami, while Ashabi poeticized the moment. He did this in conjunction with a prolific group called Jama'at Taht al prolific group of artists and writers. Now, the Tunisian elite at that time was rather small. They knew each other well, they debated each other's ideas, and acted on them. For example, Tahr al-Haddad was the founding member of the Federation of the Tunisian Workers, which was founded by his friend Muhammad Ali. And, and he was also the historian of this movement. So in his book, Tunisian Workers and the Rise of the Union uh, Movement, published in 1927, Lhaddad traces the gestation of a movement through discussion and real hard work on the ground. They became convinced, that is his and his friends, they became convinced of key principles, the need for independence from the French unions, that's one, opening up to all workers regardless of religion or race, and membership in the workers' international movement. But most significantly, they came to the conclusion that the country was not ready for revolution and class, class war. And Haddad says, the idea which settled in our minds as the basis for the workers' federation was the idea of reform. And it is upon it that the foundations were laid out. His mission was the educa to educate the workers. And he says, for, the, for there is a risk which is greater and more delicate than salary claims. It consists in social work inside union institutions. We must publish books and pamphlets to the public and help educate the children of the workers. 
So the first union was then not a trade union. As we know it, it was intended as a social and cultural reform organization. The content of the reform was, of course, laid out by Haddad himself, who also pioneered the defense of women rights. As we know, he wrote also a very important book on women. He, he was helped in this, as I mentioned, by Hami, who gained international experience by uh, working with international labor movements, including in Germany. And, uh, of course, the rebellious poets and artists working at the time created that kind of moment. Now I move to the second uh, moment of gestation. The years were roughly 1940s and 1950s. If I take the same category as I mentioned in the, in the previous moment, the three names that come to mind are Farhat Hashed, Muhammad al-Fadl Ben Ashur, and Mahmoud al-Masadi. Now, Ben Ashur led the reform of education and religion. Hashed organized the labor movement, and al-Masadi gave literary expression to the determination as well as the trepidations of the moment. Now, we would not be surprised to know they worked in sync. Ben Ashur was one was a founding member of EJTT in 46. Uh, he would also lead in the reform of personal status code a, year la a decade later. He was also a literary historian. Hashed led the organizing and mobilizing effort, and when he was assassinated in 1952, he was replaced by no other than Mahmoud al-Masadi. The latter would dedicate his book, Asud the Dam, a seminal book in the history of Tunisian literature, written in were published in 1955, he dedicates it to Farhat Hashed. Now, EGTT, then in, the, in, in this uh, conclusion, was also a movement of reform and of national liberation, in addition to being a trade union. This was its mission from the start, and it would become consolidated over time and through close ties with the political movement uh, uh, run by Bourguiba and others. Now, this story is well known, although it got forgotten when UGTT reasserts his political and social role, which came under numerous threats uh, in later years, as I will mention later when I talk about the moment of threat. What we might call the type of societal project of UGTT did not really change in any substantial way, and I'm talking about UGTT as a whole. All UGTT congresses would stress the nationalist character of their organization, as well as its commitment to democracy and social justice. The practice of its leadership occasionally changed, but the union as such has towed this line pretty much throughout its ex existence. As discontent with the rule of the independent state, the independent state began to grow and repression ensued, opposition groups and individuals have been often subdued and co-opted, opposition groups in the country as a whole. Now, GTT remained a zone of refuge where political dissent was diverted into labor action or simply hibernated. The oppositional culture, cultural production was one of the areas that benefited most, I argue, from this social and physical space. And that's really important. Legitimity is a physical and social space, which the Tunisians simply call l'Etihad. They simply talk about their union. We would, would be hard pressed to find any alternative music band which did not perform in or was sponsored by l'Etihad, for example. Amateur cinema was sponsored by UJTT, and the, the, its gold medal is actually called Farhat Hashid. Key dates in the local Arab and global protest calendar have been celebrated regularly in the UJTT uh, offices around the country. For example, Palestine Land Day, Women's Day, um, the Day Inter International Day Against Imperialism, and so on. 
Now, some cultural work was less tied to occasions and calendars. An example, and I have done some research on this, the regional uh, union of Benarus, for example, has a regular uh, uh, cultural work uh, that is well documented from 2004 until 20, 2014, where it has regular clubs, literary clubs, cinema, uh, theater, and music performances. Now, another key example of the union's union and how it worked in connection with the cultural opposition is the uh, newspaper's magazine, and here come the pictures. Now, uh, if I stop there, there some of the names I was mentioning are actually uh, from your right. We'll have Muhammad Ali, the founder of uh, 1924, of the first federation. Then we have, of course, the iconic Farhat Hashid with his hat, Shashir. Uh, and then we have Ahmed Lili, who's mostly really well known for work across the African continent and being involved in national liberation in Africa, and Ahbib Ashur, who will be my example for the moment of danger uh, that I will mention later on. Now, the first, the first what we have here is, is, a, is a, um, a table of contents of Zarida Tushab, or the, 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 news, the newspaper representing it had in its mouthpiece, and this is from, from June 59. What I wanted to highlight here is simply an article on reform of education, a short story, and so on, part of the contents. The second one is uh, from November 59. And here, what I wanted to highlight is the international role of Etihad. You can see there are three studies specifically devoted to the Algerian revolution. The next one is uh, 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 from uh, a special issue from 1967. And it's not very clear, but 10 out of the 60 pages are devoted to literature and culture. Now, the, the newspaper has changed sometimes, became, for example, a magazine. Um, and if you look at it, at some point, there was a spell where it was produced in the local dialect. It was written in Tunisian dialect. It was called the Khaddam. And you can see that wonderful slogan there. I don't want to translate that one. So uh, if that, there was a moment where this Tunisian use of dialect and so on was the moment of the time, and Etihad was part of that. Um, this is the uh, newspaper you see today in its present, by the way. I think that's the only place where we see Zin Labadin's pictures now is in archive research. Um, but what I wanted to really draw your attention to is actually uh, the, the special uh, uh, supplement of the, uh, the newspaper. This is an issue from 2004. It's called Manarat. What it basically is, about 16 pages, of the key uh, issues dealt with here is something about Nietzsche. You say Edgar Morin is represented there. There is a discussion and so on. This is about 16 pages published uh, uh, monthly. And it was uh, a key place for dissident writers and so on to write. Now, uh, I, inside that newspaper, I want just to alert you, there is this conference that they report on. It's called a conference by Ashura and Naqabiyin. There was such a thing as the unionist poets. They have their own congress and representatives and so on. And then this is just an example of, at the local level, how uh, local unions uh, organize cultural events. This is in Nafta in the south, uh, in Tunisia, and it celebrates the local poet, Mnawar uh, Smedah. I'll return to this one. Huh? So now we return to some uh, less colorful uh, moment, which is called the moment of danger. The crisis following the bread rights uh, or bread rebellion of January 1984, that's the moment. The choice of this period stems from the fact that this was one of the most serious crises 
of, in the history of GTT after the assassination of uh, Hashed. It, was, it also shows the position of LGTT and the stakes in its survival, the position in the social consciousness in general. It was a key moment when protest culture was at its most vulnerable phase and repression at its height. The basic story uh, is the attempt to install a parallel trade union under the pretext of rectifying the direction of LGTT, this tasheh that keeps going on, rectifying everything we think we, we, don't, we disagree with. So uh, this is a title was given by Prime Minister of the time, Mohammed Mzali, to a group of people who decided, and in the, in the, in the words of one of their leaders, he said, uh, the UGTT leadership turned the union into an open field for the opposition of all orientations except the Dasturian unionists, the ones belonging to the ruling party. For the Dasturi party is not represented in the union while known and prominent opposition figures hold high offices in UGTT. For this reason, 90% of the honorables, that is his own members, uh, uh, own members and followers, they come from the Destour party. So he's reversing the thing, if you like. So you heard it, if you like, from the horse's mouth. It means that at this moment, the ruling party had no foothold in the union. That was the moment also that the ruling party did not have a foothold in the university as well. Now, uh, support for UGTT came from all sides. And here I just wanted to mention one uh, section of a poem that came from a very significant protest poet in Tunisia called Muhammad Sagayr Awlad Ahmed. And it shows simply uh, how he captured the aura in the, in the, uh, of the unionism and unionist uh, movement at the time. And I'll give it to you in English. And I will read it in Arabic just for the flavor. So, Naqabiyun ومعترفو ومنضبط ومختلف ونور الفجر يغمرني وهذا الليل منصرف كفى يكفي طويت سجونكم طيا وها إني هنا أقف وأعترف أنا الريح أنا الربح المسجد في خسائركم أنا الصدف صرير الباب ميقاتي وخد الماء مرآتي now I want to conclude. So focus on unions and UGTT in particular allows us to, to observe protest and resistance, protest and resistance over a long period of time along various sections of society and across the country. Now, this is possible because the UGTT has had the historical extent, the geographical spread, and the social reach, which equaled no other body except perhaps the ruling party at the time. As such, it can be considered a parallel organization uh, to, to it at all levels. So by January 2011, UGTT was well entrenched in the social memory of protest in Tunisia, more so, I think, than any political party or political orientation. This lent it credibility and clout to act as a catalyst and framing force for popular protesters and for the articulation of their demands. Its offices across the country became focal points and operation rooms for protest activity. The fact that UGTT nurtured willingly or 
and the pressure from its uh, rank and file. The fact that it did that, it nurtured a parallel view of society and culture, makes of it a privileged position from which to begin to understand wider social and cultural phenomena, including the nature of protest over a long period of time and the political limitations of this very protest in Tunisia. The intersection of unionism and culture can be a productive explanatory frame of the revolution and I would argue the transitional period and the constitution that ensued. Prospectively, looking in the future, protest cultural production entertained close ties with the labor movement in themes and in its aesthetic forms of protest. In other words, it was uh, more or less one directional in that sense. And the question is, what ties between the two, that is culture and unionism, will emerge as a result of the revolution? I am watching that space. Thank you.